Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty. On Licking Non-Vanilla, with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla. With me, one of your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr., and across the aisle from me, across the, uh, the well, not the pond, but the, but the, 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 <laughs> the America is is chris otherwise known as m christian and uh we're both uh surfing the weathers in weathers i guess you could say that in our various uh locations <laughs> at the moment it's coming into the summer it's spring into summer here and we're uh we're enjoying our time and uh you know doing what we can and today yep. chris we have a very special guest today Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Um, this is ne- we're going to be talking to Neil from Clips for Sale. Now, Clips for Sale, if you do not know, and I don't know how you would know, um, is the preeminent <laughs> um, porn and naughty visual uh, clip site. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of, bit about it. it in, in founded in 2003 by Neil, Clips for Sale has since innovated the adult content marketplace, setting the standard for download clips sales online and expanding consumer accessibility to fetish content. Now it's celebrating its 17th year and it boasts over 7 million available clips showcasing over a thousand fetishes. Did you know there was a thousand fetishes clips, uh, Chris? I'm surprised. (laughs) (laughs) From over 50,000 content producers. That's a lot of people. A lot of stores on there. That's a lot of people. Um, And Neil is at the helm of clips for sale and, um, and they have this uh, they have this idea that clips for sale is for everyone. Uh, Neil says we don't cater one single group or focus on any on any certain things. It's all for, for it's for all people to use and all people to be part of. That's a very nice inclusive idea, I think. I like that. And, I like that a lot. Uh, yeah. And for those who have been there, I mean, Chris and I have only been there uh, for research purposes only, of course. And uh, <laughs> we have found that uh, it's just it's a great. Great place. And, and it, Neil is constantly updating. I mean, people are just putting new stuff up all the time. And you find clips from short to long there, Chris. You know, oh, kind of whatever cool. whatever you're into, you know. It's a great site. I highly recommend people yeah. check it out. Yeah, it's really something. And I think it's one of those preeminent ones, you know. I don't – and mm-hmm. I think the idea there was I, I think he – I guess he gra- grabbed on the idea – where you know when when it all came down, where people weren't really downloading full movies anymore or buying DVDs, mm-hmm. and you know people getting on clips just to get off real quick, and that's basically what it is about, you know. Um, <laughs> and it's clips. That's where it's clips for sale. I know some people who actually have stores there, and sell and sell their content. And uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff on there, Chris. There's 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 I I think it's. I mean, other than maybe like Kink.com, which is a specific fetish site. Uh, mm-hmm. Clips Clips has a quite a wide variety of stuff, you know, even stuff that you and I have never thought about, <laughs> you know. Which, well, I know that like other sites, it's like, you know, they also create their own content. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. yeah Neil doesn't, I think, and, you know, I, I talked to him one time about something else, and he's very, it's a very user-friendly interface. So if you have stuff to put up there um, and you want to get your store going, they can't, they, they, they couldn't make it any easier, you know? And I, I think that the idea there is they want, they just want people, I mean, Neil knows the more people he gets on the site, 
downloading content, the better it is for business. So why make mm -hmm. it difficult? You know, exactly. That's the thing is make it make it easy to use, make a, tons of content, mm -hmm. make it secure, and you're all set to go. Yeah. And we've seen we've seen situations we both have places we've either either worked for or again have been on purely for research purposes um, <laughs> that that are a little difficult to surf and navigate. Wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. That's the thing. It's like so many sites forget that. I mean, if you can't find something and you can't comfortably search for what you're looking for, then it doesn't succeed. Right, right. In this day and age, where you can go somewhere else pretty damn quickly. You know, oh, yeah. Why would you? Why would you wait? Why would you? You know, you're just going to go where you're going to go. So it, it makes mm -hmm. it behooves you, as they say, to have an interface that's as easy to <laughs> download to as to look at. You know, and mm -hmm. uh, Neil has perfected that. Well, I want to get into the early days of Clips for Sale when we talked to him about how they um, how they changed and morphed and what they learned because I think that would be an interesting thing to mm -hmm. talk about as well. You know, absolutely because it's yeah. always an ongoing process and especially since. The web changes, you know, so certain features or certain things on a site may work one year, but then not another. So. True, true. And, and you know, we've seen this, too. There's a, there's a rise in certain um, fetish that one year mm -hmm. has, you know, not anybody's looking for. And all of a sudden, there's a bunch of people looking for. I know this one girl who who's on this site, and she does uh, muscle porn. You know, she poses and, you know, um, poses. Mm -hmm. she's, she's really... Uh, very built up a muscular girl and she does her posing and all that stuff for people to look at and that's something that i never would have thought of years ago i didn't even know kind of even it exists i guess it always existed but um but su suddenly certainly it's it's hot now and mm -hmm. so i guess i guess what it comes down to neil he's just accepting whatever's coming across uh within his parameters and we'll find out what that's what that is about too like anywhere cool. else you know um but uh it's, it's certainly an interesting um, business model, and he's doing – he's multi, multifaceted and extremely successful. So uh, he's definitely the That's guy wonderful. you want to talk to. Yeah. It's a businessman, Chris, like we all are. You know? <laughs> all right. Let me give him a, uh, a try here. I'm going to give him a call. and it will okay. be, It's a little bit different than we usually do because I, I have the phone in my hands, and we're going to record it right off the phone, and we'll see how this goes. But let me give him a buzz, and uh, we'll get him on the show. So hold on a second there, Chris. No and problem. You're, look, you're listening to Licking Non-Vanilla with M. Christian, or Chris, as he's better well-known, and Ralph Greco exactly. Jr. So let me give him a buzz. Here I go. I'm using the phone. <laughs> Let's see. Stand by. There it is. That's the ring, Chris. <laughs> hey, Neil. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good to talk to you again. I don't know if you remember. We talked uh, oh, about a year and a year and a half ago. I don't know if you remember. We did about the Pioneer thing, right? No, you know what we were talking about? I, yeah, you you guys were looking to put um, some time and energy and money into other things. And I had called you about maybe uh, audio stuff. And um, oh, just, yeah, that's right. I ran it by you, and you, you, what I, what, what I took from that was how kind you were to really take your time, and even it didn't even come to pass. But you actually, we extrapolated a bit on it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember. See that and now we're recording right now. Um, we record record the show, so Chris is on the other line. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear him, but Chris, say hi to Neil. Hello, Neil. 
Can you hear him? Hey, what's up, Chris? Hey, yeah, I hear you. How you doing? <laughs> great, great, great. Good, good. Chris is Chris is all the way in Oregon. So, and I'm in New Jersey, and you're in. Uh, I will. I won't lo- um, disclose your location. So, um, I'm in Florida. <laughs> so Neil's in Florida, where it's probably hot. Right? <laughs> is it hot as hell there? It's pretty hot here. Today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all we're all talking about the weather. It's one of those things Joe was talking about. <laughs> so. In the, Let me ask you, where in New Jersey are you? I'm in um, I'm in uh, the northern part. I'm 20 minutes out of New, New York City. I'm in uh, Clifton. Oh, okay, because I grew up at Cherry Hill. Oh, okay. All right, south of me, oh, but cool. I know where it is. Okay. Yeah, of course. And Chris is a kind of a West Coast guy, but he's been all over, right, Chris? Exactly. I, I was recently in San Francisco Bay Area. Now I'm up in Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll, we'll get around. So, Neil, let's talk a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, this clip for store clips for sale story is very interesting. But, you know, when you started way back when, um, I think yeah. it's 17 years now, right? We've been you've been in existence. Uh, that's it's, yeah, that's closer to I started. I've probably been in the industry for like 25. OK, so did you see an obvious need for for clips for sale or did you kind of fall into it how did how did the idea you know how did it even come to be yeah it's kind of weird so i did kind of fall into it because before clips for sale i had a membership site uh with a with a friend an ex-girlfriend of mine actually okay and once that membership site uh you know it was the typical back in the 1999 2000 you know pictures not really video mostly images yeah uh you know, so same kind of, you know, mostly fee. Um, but I did start producing a little bit of video and I had some, uh, I had some, uh, what, what, some, oh man, let me, uh, hold on a second. Let me how to get rid of that. Uh, I'll forget. Okay. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so the clips for sale, uh, so as, as this was going, as the membership site was going, I started to do a little bit of video and then as it got more and more, uh, video instead of pictures, I had a couple customers who just, you know, requested custom videos. Mm-hmm. They're huge now, obviously, customs. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So as I was making these customs for this one customer, you know, I would send them on a videotape. And after a while, he got kind of bored of videotape and said, is there a way you could just somehow get him to me through FTP, which was a pain in the ass back then. But, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, but it just so happens that my brother had a server at his house and, I said, hey, how can we make this happen? He said, oh, I'll build you a little FTP. So he made me something. I uploaded it, gave it to the customer. The customer downloaded it. That's kind of the start of it all, and that kind of parlayed into the download aspect, like the paper download style option. The the whole kind of thing that happened with the paper download, because really nobody was doing that back then. And Chris and I were just talking about this because, you know, we've been in in the business – probably around the same time in different ways but you know we all saw the mm-hmm. advent of digital cutting into into you know visual the visual marketplace for sure mm-hmm. and um we were wondering like did you just you just kept morphing and riding that wave or you, or you guys were like holy shit this is coming we got to do something yeah so what happened after i did a bunch of these videos for this one guy i i uh, i thought maybe other customers would probably buy the same video because mm-hmm. it was not really, you know, it didn't have his name in it or anything. So it was a general type of a video. So I, you know, same thing. I, I, I built uh, with the same servers. We just made a page that just had all these videos on it. And I just said, Hey, let's, um, you know, let me start seeing if people would buy these outside of, 
outside of my customers, you know, just let me yeah. put it out there on the internet. So everyone started buying these downloads and it started making more money than my membership site. And I was like, hey, right. this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the thing I got to grab. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And, you mm -hmm. know, the weird thing is I was working for my parents at the time. You're driving the whole Southeast U.S. doing like fabric and textiles, which yeah. is a, a a nightmare job. But um, once it started making more money than all that together, I was like, okay, I'm just going to quit working for my family at this yeah. point. And, and I just went full, full board into um, my own download site. And then that kind of parlayed into, well, I'm shooting this. It was all foot fetish, by the way. So that's what I started with. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. so, so once I had foot fetish stuff, I said, there's plenty of other foot producers out there that I, I didn't know them personally, but you know, there was no Twitter. There was no social media. I had to kind of pound the pavement and go one by one, finding their email, emailing them, explaining what I'm doing, getting them to trust me mm -hmm. with their content, and then I'm going to pay them. And, right, and that, then that kind of turned into uh, a bigger site. And then I said, this has to get automated because I was doing everything manually for maybe two years. Oh, man. And, wow. Yeah, then I said, we got to figure out a way to do an automated system, get the payouts running the right way. And that's when it all turned into like just a self-sustaining kind of platform. Which which it certainly is, because Chris and I were talking about, you know, how you get constant. I, I mean, I just I, re, I had to go on. I have to go on the site today, you know, for research purposes, of course, Neil. No, no other reason. And, and, uh, I was talking to Neil today. I said, I got to figure out what I got to know what I'm talking about. But uh, when, when I went, I mean, every day. The amount of new content is staggering daily, and and it and it's just like yourself. It's just self sustaining at this point, which I guess is for anybody with an online business. That's what we may, may mostly want that kind of income, right? Self sustaining, yeah, consistent income, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. There's no doubt. You want something that's just going to keep keep going on its own and generating funds. And probably the best thing about it is. Is that you know it's not you know, there was no free uh, there was no free porn back then except for news groups I don't know if you remember those or not but yes that, oh, yeah. that was the only yeah, way to free porn back then. <laughs> and uh, which I, I don't even know if they still exist but but you know once you know having that that setup where it's like these are legit people um, I uh, later on I just said anybody who's amateur at home mm -hmm. their wife their girlfriend boyfriend you can all make money with this sort of concept and that kind of is when it exploded like. Anybody can be a producer. Anybody can be a model. And I think that actually helped the model industry on top of that because there were so many models now that came out of this over the, you know, 2006, seven and eight, it just like exploded with everybody's a model now. And yeah. Yeah, everybody can make money doing this. And then the models turned into producers. They were like, well, I'll yeah. produce my own content. Why am I, why mm -hmm. am I only getting paid for me shooting for this producer? I can make my own thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Chris, do you have anything? J jump in here because I, well, I think yeah. well, I just I want to say just like I mean, I think that's really wonderful because that is very self empowering. I mean, it's like it allows people to take control of what they're producing, when they're producing, and then they can graduate to creating. I think that's really very cool. And I particularly love the fact that it's like you you allowed it sort of like to evolve naturally. So it went from one stage to another pretty effectively. I think that's always very, very wonderful and a very smart business decision. Thank you. Yeah, it just, it, I don't know if it was smart or not, but it just happened that way. Um, I, didn't, I didn't plan it. But you know what I did figure out? I talked to, like, there was, of course, there was those porn stars back then when I was a teenager renting yeah. movies, like Nina Hartley and people like that. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I believe I spoke to one. I can't remember. I'm trying to think of it was Ginger Lynn or somebody I spoke to, which I was in shock. Like, oh my god, I'm actually talking to this mm-hmm. this. <laughs> and I said, you know, like, where's all the content you have? And she goes, well, I don't own any of that content I shot. And I was like, oh, my God, all these years you just kind of got paid. And that's when I was like, you know, uh, you know, it, it goes back to the whole empowering thing. Like, why not have your own content and you own it instead of someone else, you know, making the money off of you exactly. and your name? Mm-hmm. You have that power to do it. So, unfortunately, she was already past um shooting her own content so she became a producer later mm-hmm. on and just produced other mo- other other girls instead of herself which was fine with me i didn't you know, it didn't bother me as long as she's making money you know and doing her own thing it's great yeah i mean it's it really it like well first of all you have to ride the wave of technology as it changes which you've done mm-hmm. and like chris said you, you you empower people to take matters into their own hands and and sink or swim on their own and and but the interface that you will you provide neil because we talked a little bit about this when i called you is pretty easy to navigate and Mm -hmm. i I don't know i don't know who you talked to how you found that out but like there seems to be from the get-go and i could be wrong but there seems to be from the get-go you wanted to make this as easy as possible for people to download their stuff too Mm-hmm. For the customers, you mean? Yeah, yeah. because because well, well, you know, you have to remember, I was a producer of content, right. so I built it for myself at first. You know, like yeah. I need to use this for my own thing, so I kind of built it around what I needed and what I thought would be great tools to have for me. But then the customer wise, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty simple. It's like come in, click, download. That's you know, pay and download. That's all there. That's a simple process mm-hmm. of just a few things you need to have working right. So. You know, once you could, once that was effectively working, and of course there was no Amazon back then either. There was uh, just different server farms all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that those are the there was a lot of challenges. But you know, from 2004 to 2010 with banking and merchants, and I yeah. mean there was so many crazy stuff that went on with with banks and stuff back then that we we got luckily we we went through it we overcame it and came out on top of it where a lot of people who either tried to compete or start their own thing once they saw how successful this was they didn't understand that there's these walls they're going to hit and how to deal with them so we kind of got luckily past all those things yeah, it's interesting, Chris. You know, I mean, I'm just thinking about all the stuff that's on that site. And Chris and I write a lot of, you know, we are, the stuff we write it runs the gambit a lot, a lot. It a lot it is niche and fetish. You have a mm-hmm. ton of stuff on there, Neil. And but I'm thinking, the criteria for what you accept is there any moments where you say, no, 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 that stuff we can't take. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of times where uh, now I don't look at it all myself personally, right. but it comes to my attention that hey, so and so has this, or you know, there's definitely there's there's the Visa, Mastercard kind of rule book mm-hmm. that that that's like first of all, you don't want to do anything that's going to lose your merchant account. That's like number one. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. But on oh, top that's of the big that, thing, like absolutely. Own, I try like, not to get yep. my own personal mind into any of this because I want it to be a free, you know, a free platform for them to use mm-hmm. whatever they can think of basically as long mm-hmm. as it's not, you know, in the back again, remember back then nothing was so PC and you could do a lot of stuff without worrying about it. And as the times changed, everything, I mean, everything offends everybody. That's now. true. It's, it's Some way insane. or another, right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that became a problem, and it's like, well, why do I want to put myself into that position of 
I have to now feel that, I'm, you know, this offends you maybe, but it doesn't offend me or 10,000 customers. So yeah. why should this not be allowed? What's right. the reason for it? You know, I really need to hear an argument as to why. And then I'll, I listen to it. You know, I don't mind hearing anyone's opinions and, and judging it for myself. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You got a point there. You know, so it, it just depends on what it is. So the, how about Chris? I was thinking about trends here, right? I mean, what do you think about mm-hmm. what what you've seen coming up? What do you think, Chris? Like the the, the niche and the and the fetish that we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the Neil. What do you see a rise of Neil? I say in the last year. Do you see a rise of certain kind of content? Yeah, I mean, uh, and well, this is the thing. So, so things change, obviously, like yeah. you said, but, you know, all the time. It started with foot fetish. Foot fetish is still probably in the top three selling okay. on the site, just because there's so many producers that are still on there from back then, and so many customers that buy it. So, um, but mm-hmm. then, like you know, the bondage, the domination, the femdom beca- became really popular because that, again, there was not really a lot of female domination in the early 2000s and, and until 2015, yeah. 14. So that became more popular. The taboo became very popular um, out of nowhere. Um, just the, just I, don't, I don't know where it came from, but it just exploded in the last, say, three years. Um, another thing that, that took, uh, took a lot of people by surprise was a lot of the BBW community started to really gravitate towards Scripture South, seeing that it was such an open platform and so, so uh, uh, welcoming you know, to the community mm-hmm. that they started really producing a lot of content. A lot of their fans came on board and the BBW and the SS, the supersized BBW, yeah. that content also really exploded in, 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 a, in a great way. And, you know, for me, it's great. I want to help out every, every, mm-hmm. you know, every community, every, uh, every person, anybody that can benefit from it, I'm all for it. So, mm-hmm. but there's not like one particular thing. It was like, wow, this, this one genre really took off out of, right. you know, out of all, they all kind of just slowly, you know, expanded. And, 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 and of course, another thing too is once something becomes popular, everybody starts shooting it. So yeah, taboo no, becomes no kidding. popular. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. You know, 800 new people. They're like, Oh, I see taboo is mm-hmm. popular. I'm going to do it too. And now it explodes. Right. Chris, jump in here. Is there anything you want to ask him specifically? Well, I think that's really very fascinating. And you're right. It's like, that's kind of the weird thing about, you know, when things get popular, it's kind of like we were just chatting Ralph and I about 50 shades of gray and how it's like, it exploded in the ironical world and then everybody was imitating it and then suddenly the whole genre shifted. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think it's it's really very it's really very fascinating. And I love like just kind of like this is gonna sound weird, but I love studying your your site because to see how those trends work, to see what's popular one day or what's trending and so forth. I think that's really fascinating. Yes. Yeah, and there, there there is a lot of content on there, and now and we just have to continue to build uh, better tools for the for the customers to be able to see what's trending, what's mm-hmm. popular, um, those things. And of course, the you know all the studios and the models and producers they use those same tools to see the same thing the customers are like. What is popular? Mm-hmm. What is what is everybody buying right now? And that's how things start to shift and ride different waves just because of what became, you know, one person might think of something that nobody thought of and it gets popular. And next thing you know, it's like a big thing and it just turns into and mm-hmm. it could last six months, a year, you know, two months. It just depends on how many people jump on it and how many customers really can relate to that category or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Fetish, you know, 
So how's the future look? I mean, what, what as right right now, do you see you guys getting into anything different or do you see just keep plowing along and getting more content until you just keep filling it up? I mean, what what's the future the future model here if there is one? I mean, technically if if you really wanted to just get to the basics, it could just continue to go where it is and just keep growing and let people just keep adding content. But I think the better thing to do would be to in, continue to innovate with the with the platform itself because we've never done, you know, um, uh, user accounts. I was always against having someone sign up for something because I hate to do it to do it myself. But mm-hmm. we do we do realize that there is a lot of power in having a user account section where they can come in and stream their content and and now you can really consume a lot of data from what's that one customer doing so much and and how can we help him find the content faster. Um, you know and 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 even the communication between the producer slash model to the customers would be something interesting to do. The only problem is is all these laws keep coming out, SESTA, FOSTA, this one, that one, and it starts to cloud everything when it comes to when you want two people to be able to communicate. It's like, hmm. why should they be able to talk to each other about what I like, what do you, what can you shoot that's that's good for me in this in this uh, genre? Uh, where you know where you have to be careful now what they right. say to each other and it's money mm-hmm. it's exchange it's crazy but but i do want to you know allow the customers more freedom and the studios and models more freedom to be able to try to communicate better with their customers because that is key to them as well for the for the for the studios they want to you know what do my customers want more of so it's easier for them to know what to shoot if they know uh, what's out there what the customers want Mm-hmm. Which is perfect, you know. We always say the the producer, the provider, having some sort of a a direct contact with his with their their customer base, you know. Whether whether right. you're, whether you're making uh, pizzas or you're or you're shooting like <laughs> uh, di- diaper porn, it doesn't matter, you know. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's good to have a little because we always talk about on the show. Although the show's a little pointed about, you know, Chris and I are sex writers and all that kind of stuff. There's there's a, a large amount of this that that crosses every every kind of thing anybody does. It's just business, you know, and it's and human mm-hmm. relations. And we all want the same. I think we all want the same things for the positive uh, progression of those things, you know. I like the thing. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and obviously, the goal is uh, I've always been someone that wants to help people growing up, and even just as myself as as uh, as a person in my teens. And mm-hmm. after I, I was always that helpful guy. That's like, oh, you need advice? I'll talk to you. So I I tried to bring all that into the business and make it a, a good solid business. I brought my family into the business mm-hmm. after I quit working for my family. I brought them into my business <laughs> and, and we all work together to grow it, you know, as big as it, as big as it is. And, uh, and that was the whole, it was a, it's, you know, it's a family, it's a community and it's something that I can be proud of myself. So at least I, you know, I, I, I always saw the shady side of adult growing up. It's like, Oh, this is all seedy. You gotta be careful. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. one thing I was like, well, that's not going to be how this is. This is going to be run like a family business. Like I'm used to, because I grew up in a family yeah, business. So this is what I, this is what I brought mm-hmm. to it. My, my father is you know, older than me. Um, so he has, he brings that old school mentality also with, with business. So mm-hmm. that's, I think part of our success is knowing, uh, how to deal with customers, doing things the right way, being quick, you know, to, to get back to people. I always hated waiting 24 hours to get back to somebody that just drove me nuts. Oh, yes. so, important thing. And I think I probably disrupted 
the entire adult industry by having a support team that was quick, like 10 minutes, five minutes, you can call the owner directly kind of thing. And nobody was doing that. So now everyone's kind of like, well, shit, how are we going to, how do you, how do you compete with having support all the time and, and, and good support? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's kind of like, that's Chris, Chris and I say that all the time. You, know, you get back, especially this day and age, you can get back to people pretty easily. So there's no reason why you should, you know? Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's like to, you come on communication now. It's not like uh, just a phone or right. just email. It's, it's so easy, and that's yeah. why I put my number on the site because I thought maybe somebody would want to reach out and talk to me about whatever it is. I didn't care what you want to call me about. Yeah. Just the fact that mm-hmm. I have you have the access to me if you want it. That's all. And I just thought that was a powerful tool. And and it speaks to a kind of a way you run your business, you know, and that. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know that that speaks volumes, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, that's I really admirable. There's a problem. You can tell me directly. Like some mm-hmm. a lot of people afraid to call me, thinking, "What? Well, I'm going to close your store because you have something negative to say." Like this is just life. It's mm-hmm. uh, you, not everything is mm-hmm. is great and dandy. I, I, there's always you know good and bad, and and I always like to hear you know something that's wrong or what we could fix to make it better. And and those are the things sometimes they get calls about. It's like, okay, well, that, you made a good point, and I'm going to do something about that. So mm-hmm. we'll fix it or we'll change it or whatever it is. That's cool. Um, so, that's what I like about it. Chris, get in a couple things here. We're going to wrap up with them, I think. But anything else? Oh, sure, no go ahead. If well, you- I just I want to say that it's like that's really admirable because these days it's like it's so it's one of those things that often like sites will for not you know not necessarily forget but not put an emphasis on is that customer service thing. They think just throw it up and then walk away. And to be so active and so you know so accessible when it comes to you know support is really admirable. I can't. Can't praise that enough. So thank you very much for that. Sure, sure. And anytime. And and even uh, I mean, even to this day, people will text me about certain just like because now there's so many ways to get in touch with you. Like you said, text, email, call, mm-hmm. and it's just like whatever way you pop up. WhatsApp now. They have. I mean, it's everything. Right. And uh, I'm like available on every possible. Uh, except for Twitter. It's the only thing I don't do is Twitter myself, mm-hmm. but anything else I'm like available to chat with you about whatever. Um, so, and, and I just have always been that kind of personable person and I just continue to just to, you know, just to be that way. It's not, it's not going to change because right. that's just who I am. Well, we, you certainly were personable to us and always have been. And we thank you so much for coming on Licking Non Vanilla. It's just, it's absolutely. Been, it's been thank you so much. It's been a delight, Neil. Anytime, of course, you know, anytime you need to reach out for anything, I'm always here. If you need me for any anything else, doesn't matter. Thank you. You just let me know. And everybody go yeah, to absolutely. Clips for Sale. If you've never been to Clips for Sale. <laughs> yeah, you'll be on there for an hour just trying to find, you know, so many different things and what you're, you know, what you don't know if you're even into it yet, but you might be into it by the time you're done shopping. He's absolutely right. There you go. I love that attitude. That's great. Thank you, Neil. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, yes, thank guys. you. Appreciate it. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye. Well, this doesn't get any better than that, does it, Chris? That's cool. That was very yeah, cool. He's, I have he's, to say that I really like his attitude and I I think the site is really wonderful and I particularly like the customer service and you know the the empowerment he does with the with the content creators. Yeah, he I, I, he just established that from the get go, you know. And I think to be as open and transparent as he could with both the buyer and the creator. And then having the buyer and the creator have the ability to contact each other, like he said, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I know the people that I know who have um, have stores on the site, they, a lot of their business is custom. 
So they certainly want communication because they want to make the business mm-hmm. of they want to make custom clips for people. So exactly. Um, and like he said, you know, he, he's he's the kind of Neil's the kind of guy like if you have a problem and you, and you want to address something. He's there because he wants to make the site as good as it can be, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, it's also very self-empowerment for the creators because, you know, like the story he relayed about people who don't have their content. In other words, they, it was produced, you know, you know, over a time and now it belongs to the producer of the studio. It's yes. like, you know, that's, that's really kind of a difficult situation to be in because suddenly it's like you're known for work, but you can't actually directly profit off it versus working with people who are, you know, amateur creators. They can, they can basically create what they want. And get basically the lion's share of it, which is wonderful. Well, think about that. You just said something really, uh, real salient point, which a lot of musicians unfortunately found out. You know, they created all this music back in the day, but they never owned it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that's a that's tough because you created this stuff, and you know somebody else has maybe half the publishing, and but somebody else has the master tapes. This was a thing that Prince mm-hmm. went through, um, and a lot of bands that have survived. You know, if they've they've been doing it for a long time, like no, for instance, like a band like Cheap Trick. After a while, the contract ran out on the masters, and they got their masters back, so they could do right. with them what they wanted to do. But you know, some of that stuff was lasting for twenty five, thirty years. And mm-hmm. uh, but you're talking about porn, like the original porn people, like of the seventies and eighties. They don't. I don't know anybody, any performer. I mean, there probably are some, but I don't know any performer that owns their content at all Mm -hmm. and exactly and that's tough and you know it's funny it's like you know we're spoiled because you know pretty much universally though you know some publishers have been known to kind of pull this trick i mean most publishers are pretty good about returning rights when you ask them to or something similar so i mean at least i've never had an experience but you're right it's like musicians and people who create like you know work in the comics medium they're, you know, the comic publishers are notorious. So oh if you create God. a character, yeah. the character doesn't belong to you. It can be they can do whatever they want with it, including, you know, take your work and, you know, basically, you know, adapt it for other media without giving you credit or payment, which is really infuriating. And it's been that way for you know, a long time. Well, that was that was sure. That was the uh, what happened to the guys who created Superman. Right. I mean, exactly. Right. Yeah. And it was a terrible story about how they didn't get mm-hmm. they didn't get their their due. And guys like Stan Lee, mm-hmm. who for years was talking about he was a writer. He was a writer and artist and creator for hire. And he, you know, mm-hmm. him and Jack Kirby and all those guys, they created the stuff they create, stuff that now has seen a new life in billion dollar movie franchises. Mm-hmm. And these, you know, I think Stanley finally did settle before he died, though, didn't he? There was a big settlement with Stanley. I think Marvel- I'm not too sure. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all big fuzzy thing because um, a lot of, you know, now it's actually going to be becoming more common for have creator owned comics. Yes. And it's kind of like, it kind of has an interesting parallel to musicians because. You know, musicians, like you said, the only time you could ever get your work out there was to sign with a record label. Yeah. And the same way with comic books. If you're a comic book creator or, you know, many other media, you had to sign with a studio. It's the only way you could get it done. But now that's changing. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, it's basically kind of the, the version of self-publishing. Musicians can put out records on their own. You know, adult performers can do the same. Even comic creators can do the same. Um, yes, you get probably a little less exposure, but also means you control everything as opposed to, like you said, work from hire where your work can be basically changed or taken away from you at any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and, – and that's the thing about now that we have more avenues to, to get the stuff far and wide – 
Um, although mm -hmm. there is a lot of stuff now, you know, so it's harder to be heard or seen above the din, as we say all the time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have you you own the content in a lot of the cases. Exactly. And that makes it a little more lucrative if something happens where you you mm -hmm. suddenly the people coming to you for content and on something like clips for sale. Um, there's a there's a there's a percentage of. First of all, you own the content, whatever you produce. Right. But and Neil's uh, platform allows for you to grab the content. So there, Neil, for that, for that, Neil gets a certain percentage of of what the the price of the download. But beyond that, you own that content and can do whatever you want with it. You know, mm -hmm. and um, I think, and I think in, in every business, if you can own. We well, we say this all the time: content is king. But if you own the content, it's a whole different story, you know. Um, exactly, exactly. And and you know, I don't know. Have you? I know you said this before, and I'm trying to think of in my own. I guess there are instances where I've seen someone buy the rights for something from me, and I couldn't reuse it. But that doesn't happen all that often, you know. I mean, I, I, does that does like even North American serial rights even exist anymore? It's gotten a little more sloppy, not sloppy. I should say it's gotten a little more loose. Okay. Um, you know, like for instance, I mean, it used to be. I mean, when I first got into publishing, and I know you about the same time, which mm -hmm. was like, you know, the you know late '80s, early '90s. You know, they're pretty good about sending out contracts and agreements and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, now it's like it still exists, but in many cases, it just simply doesn't happen because. You know, you'll send a story. They say, "Okay, we want it," and it's assumed it's going to be North American serial rights, um, which, for listeners who don't know, basically it means that they own your story for a limited amount of time. Like, for instance, like a year or two years, something like that. And afterwards, you can resell the work as long as you acknowledge where it appeared first. Mm -hmm. um, many of them also have certain caveats, like don't sell the story within a certain amount of time because you don't want to, you know, the story doesn't want to compete with its first, you know, appearance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do know that, for instance, um, some of the nonfiction places, particularly like articles and such, they often will like retain rights or yeah. something similar, though they're not really all that draconian around it. I mean, they don't, obviously, when you're doing nonfiction, you can't really re resell it, you know, because it's written usually for a, a particular site or publication and reselling it doesn't really work. Um, collection of articles and so forth. Right. Well, I, yeah, because I'm thinking, you know, it's weird too. We were talking about this um, on another show about playwriting. The the, the, the playwriting world is kind of odd, and I'll tell you why. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of what I send out, because I'm unagented, agitated. Right. However, that I would say that. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get the I'll get the dentures. I'll get these dentures working. Um, but in a lot of those instances, it's like, well, send us this play, and it needs to be this long, and you know, maybe the theme. But we want a premiere. We we this play can ever have been produced anywhere. It could have right. had readings or workshopping, but we want the premiere of this play, which. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do have plenty of stuff that's never been done before, but that's a strange restriction. And I understand because a lot of houses, especially community theater houses or smaller regional places, want to be able to say, mm -hmm. here's the premiere of this. Oh, uh, yes. Brand new plays never seen anywhere else. You know, I understand mm -hmm. that. But it, it puts a hamstring on me a bit because there are some times where I'm like, well, this play would fit perfectly here. I can send it out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's been done here. 
And right. I generally like to be honest with that stuff. Um, so I don't send it out. And, and I'm a little I'm a little hamstrung by that because I'm like, well, I, you mm -hmm. know, I, I in order for me to get the plays done, they need to be done. So as many places mm -hmm. as possible, as many places we can send the story and reuse the story is great for us. It's great. But if you don't have the ability to, it kind of holds you down a little bit with what exactly you know, you know, it's a little little counterproductive. Yeah. I completely understand. I mean, it's like in, in the fiction writing world, of course, we both know that sometimes places will say no reprints. Right. Yeah. And, right. you know, and that's the same kind of thing. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, you can sell it afterwards, but when they want original content, that's perfectly fine. But sometimes it's really kind of like, well, what if the story's not been in print for like five or six years? I mean, you know, many people haven't seen it or, you know, something similar. So it's really, it's the same, it's sort of the same kind of thing. And it, it definitely can get frustrating, especially like, you know, some places might want like original content and then they want like, you know, they, you have to sign a contract where you can't sell it anywhere for like a, a ridiculously long amount of time. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I can understand why they do it. It's still kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, look too, if, if you, if you're on clips for sale and you're making, uh, you know, diaper content, I have a friend of mine, mm -hmm. um, little Ivy and she makes diaper porn. Well, it's not really even porn. It's just diaper content, you know, girls, right. mainly girls and diapers and all the things they do. And, and kind of a kind of like almost a, a fem, um, you know, an infantilism kind of vibe to it, mm -hmm. and very very soft core and very fun and and I'm thinking like if, if if she puts up three movies a month and she didn't own those movies, then mm -hmm. you know you th in, in some instances she can't. In some instances like we were talking before, she makes um, specific content for 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 somebody who wants who paid her just for his own movies. That's all he wants. Right. Uh, she does it. But in other instances, she in some instances instances, man, I can't talk today. In some instances, <laughs> she can take that content and put it up on the site for anybody to see. Right. Um, so, but anyway, but if you have a bunch of stuff on your site and people are going to it a lot, you know, oh yeah, I'm coming here and I'm mm -hmm. hitting and I'm hitting and I'm hitting, especially with clips for sale stuff. You know, you get like five minutes, ten minute clips. You know, you you can get you know clips for sales a site that's seen around the world. So you can get, mm -hmm. you can possibly get a lot of viewers, but just think of the fact that you don't own that stuff. Suddenly you don't own that stuff. So people mm -hmm. are coming in, you produced it somehow, you made maybe a little bit of money, but you don't own it. That's a mm -hmm. lot of stuff going out the door over and over and over again. Like you're paying and paying and paying and paying and you don't own it. And that's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And, of course, we, we haven't even touched on the whole subject of piracy. Right, yeah. Because it's like, you know, well, I have to say that we're spoiled as writers because the number of places that, you know, will, you know, have pirated, like, literary works is pretty small. Though they do exist mm -hmm. um, where people will rip up an ebook and put it up as a PDF or so forth. But it's right. not as popular as, like, adult entertainment images or even music. So, it, you know, it's, it's a whole different facet. I mean – it's, it's, and of course, there's really little you can do about it. I do know sometimes, well, like articles, you know, a, a shady site will show up and they'll just basically re, repost articles without permission. Yeah. Now, you can do it with permission or put a link in, but these people are just like basically reposting it to get like ad clicks and so yeah. forth. Yeah. But yeah, it's a major problem because there's really not much you can do about it. I mean, that's the, one of the biggest headaches is that. You know, it's like, you know, you can try and do all this kind of stuff. And I know sometimes, you know, you know, beginning writers will get really, you know, phobic around, 
you know, the publisher doing things without permission, but it's the, not the publisher you got to worry about. You know, it's, you know, people who just like decided like they like your story or your book and they just basically rip it off the web and then, you know, distribute it, you know, all, all around. So it can be very frustrating. Yeah. And I mean, this is basically the core of what Lars Aldrich was talking about with Metallica, you know, how all mm-hmm. of a sudden Napster came along and you could just download what you wanted and spread it around as you mm-hmm. wanted to. And, you know, the people created this stuff and it's, and they own this stuff. So unless mm-hmm. you come to me and I mean, you know, that was that, that, that Harlan Ellison story when he was, he was, someone came to, uh, it was, this happened relatively recently. For those of you who don't know who Harlan Ellison is, go, go look him up. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> one of the best writers of, of the last, you know, last centuries and uh he was approached by somebody um some sort of uh somebody was making a a documentary about a writer another writer who Mm -hmm. we happen to love and came up to him and said look you know you 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 said this piece about them a couple couple years ago i want to i want to run the piece in this documentary and ellison Mm -hmm. said okay fine we'll pay me and they were like why would i pay you for that and he's like why wouldn't you pay me through that they thought because he gave his views on camera and was recorded mm-hmm. by somebody else that that wasn't his he, those thoughts were not his intellectual property so mm-hmm. so he was like well you, you, you got if i were to write you a piece about him you'd pay me is why wouldn't you mm-hmm. pay me you know so it's the same kind of idea you know whatever you're producing whether it's coming out of your mouth or it's coming out of your fingers or you're singing about it mm-hmm. or whatever it is be careful about if you don't want to own it that's fine you want to give it away for whatever price go ahead and do that mm-hmm. but there are exactly there reper- there can be repercussions down the line mm-hmm. and you're like man i don't know that exactly. own the rights to this i'm going to get screwed you know mm-hmm. so and you know it's like not not to take away from harlan because he actually had a perfectly legitimate point on that there's also a sort of a balancing act like um sometimes it's like i mean let's give you a quick little story i mean i had a friend who drew some kind of stylistic kind of erotic art this is a long time ago this is this is early days of the web, but mm-hmm. before social media. Because social media right now, sharing stuff isn't a problem. I mean, if you go to like Pinterest or Tumblr or anywhere for that matter, and you can you can you can select and share images mm-hmm. because the off the artist hopefully has put them up there, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the purpose of it. But this guy came across a site where someone had posted his artwork. Now. It, it's a little different because the artwork wasn't – it was posted Ill- illegally, I mean, without the artist's permission, but it was a fan site. So they acknowledged the uh, the artist and actually, like, put links in where the, you know, where the people could, you know, purchase the images. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those kind of, little, kind of like I – mean, kind of weird gray areas because, yes, it was technically illegal and technically it was violating copyright and it was done without permission, which is a major no-no. But I also thought my my artist friend kind of overreacted. He instantly threatened to sue them and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I kept thinking, you know, this guy is adoring your work and getting it out there for exposure. I mean, why don't contact him and say, thank you much. You did it without permission. But here's how we can work around that. Because yeah. it just kind of came off as being almost spiteful mm-hmm. as opposed to working with them. Now, that situation is very unique and kind of dated now because of social media and the rules about sharing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I do think it's kind of a tightrope walk sometimes because if you, if you, you know, if you overreact to someone who's sharing something with good intention versus someone who's trying to rip you off. And then there's a whole question about, you know, you know, earning money with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so I, for instance, I know many artists will do things like 
you know, give away music or images or even written words, but, you know, not for commercial use. Mm -hmm. In other words, you can't use it to put on your site and make money, which is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And I, and I think that, yeah, like you're saying, you, when the, if, and when you're presented with the, uh, the circumstance, you can weigh it and say, look, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to take this for free, but it's going to be seen across this huge platform where a lot of other people will go. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a lot to be considered. You, you can't just say every, every situation is this doesn't work or this always works. You know, you can't you just mm -hmm. have to take it. Hopefully you're in a position where you, you have those considerations. But I think mm -hmm. what we're all asking at the end of the day is to at least be confronted, conf, conf, confronted and asked. And then we can exactly. make the decision, you know, so that's exactly. kind of where we're at. You know, I think that's exactly. Just, and there know. is a difference between someone who's doing a fan site and, you know, you know, trying to support your work and someone who's just basically ripping you off. Yeah, big difference. And that becomes, unfortunately, these days, that's pretty much the predominant thing when it happens. It's yeah. rare to find someone who creates an unauthorized fan site. Um, but there's a lot of people who are just out there, just really shady people who are just like ripping off content and putting it up on their site, you yeah, know. Absolutely. And there's little you can do about it, unfortunately. I mean, I unless know. you can contract the host. And very often, social media is really bad about policing that. And even if you catch people doing it, it takes forever for it to get down. And then you just simply open up another account. That's right. It's rolled to another place. And this is what's happened mm -hmm. with porn. You know, you see porn pirated constantly. Constantly. Oh, constantly. And Absolutely. You, you know, but a guy like Neil, I think, is doing his damnedest to circumvent that. So make it so mm -hmm. um, the producer and the fan both uh have a comfortable and then, like you said you used the word before empowering experience you know mm -hmm. and it, and it just can well evidently it's working he's been in business almost 20 years doing click for sale <laughs> and it's healthy as hell so he's doing very good work and we want to thank absolutely neil very much thank you neil for coming oh, on this. today absolutely um this has been licking non-vanilla as it's always been um Chris, I don't know what else to say. You know, well, every every minute spent with you is is a golden hour. What can oh, I tell you? Oh, it always is wonderful, Ralphie. Always wonderful. <laughs> Looking forward to the next one for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Chris. This has been Ralph Greco Jr. here on this side of the of the of the plains, uh, and that over there is <laughs> is Chris, other words known as M. Christian. And this has been Licking Non Vanilla. We thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you soon, Chris. You take care. Take care. Bye bye and visit us on the web at www.lickingnonvanilla.com.